Lord Jesus Christ. I assume that when we sang that hymn earlier about him, certainly for me, I hear my mocking voice. We sang that. So I hear my own voice mocking him. I remember literally doing that before I was a Christian, literally telling uncouth jokes about the dying Christ to wind up the local minister and Christians. I did that. I sang it. Christ died for me. We did that. And you're here because you believe he died for you. Not just that, but that you believe that by his living spirit, he's given you a new life, a new hope, an everlasting hope, a living hope, which is living with a resurrected Christ in whatever heaven is, however it works. You believe that. And so you're here because you believe it for yourself. Do you believe it for the people you work with? Do you believe that no one can come to the Father but by Christ? Or, as the Apostle said, there's no other name given among men through whom we may be saved. Do you believe that? Now, you're rubbing shoulders with people that maybe will never go to church or ever want to. And certainly, I wouldn't be the one to tell you you've got to jabber Jesus all the time because I don't want your workmates to be driven out and away from you never to look at you again because you're some kind of extreme fanatic, one of these wretched born-againers. But do you believe that there's no other way by which these people can come to know God? that they're going to stand before him. See, I do believe that. And I love what Craig said about just holding it before the Lord. You don't know how to pray sometimes. Often, actually. You just hold it before. The most profound answer to prayer I've ever received was at a time when I considered myself busier than I'd been for yonks. And I was supposed to run a Bible study in the evening. And I literally just had no time, no time, telephone, people, requirements, distractions, accidents along the way, no time to prepare. And I remember sitting down, I had a minute before somebody was going to walk in the door because they needed me urgently, apparently. And about a minute, and I just went, Lord, tonight. Tonight. But I tell you, that prayer came from the tips of my toes and the depths of my being out to God. And that evening was an extraordinary evening because God turned up in answer to an absolutely wordless but desperate cry. I talked about God in the workplace. I've nearly finished. Talked about God in the workplace. I probably told you this before. To um, a bunch of Christians at um, UWE. And uh, 
They've taught between them things like business studies, creative arts, environment, technology, life sciences, health and social care, law, education, humanities, and they were involved, some of them, in the administration. Now, some of you may teach those things. All of you who are out of work, at some way or another, are involved in those elements of this world. Social care, or maybe law, or education, or humanities, or administration, creative arts, business, environment, technology. All those circumstances are an opportunity to harness God's natural and moral law for the welfare of others. All of those circumstances are opportunities to, to work in Christ for others' human potential to be developed. And since the earth is the Lord's, your workplace is God's workspace too. Do you think God's not interested in where you work? He's deeply interested. He's interested in the land. He's interested in the law. He is interested in the welfare. He is interested in the business, uh, the business integrity and fairness and righteousness. He's interested in the development of young minds and the activity of old minds. Because God is the God of this whole world. Of course he cares about what you do. Don't forget that he's already there when you go to work. Because the earth is the Lord's, but you can go wherever you will and his spirit will find you. It's not that you have to take him to work. He just says, come to work with my spirit and find me there. And just remember the people around you. It may be that your prayer, I just ask you to bless the people, even if you don't say, bless you, bless you, bless you. Though it's not a bad idea to say, God bless you. I said that to a man in a car park who was begging once, and he turned around and said, I wish God would bless me. So I sat down and talked to him about how God might be able to bless him. And the following Sunday, apparently, he went into the Pentecostal church and discovered the blessing of Jesus and became a Christian. That was in Taunton. So don't despise just God bless you if it comes from the heart. We're even to bless those who persecute us and to pray for those who use us badly and to forgive those who treat us despitefully. And you have all those people in the office. So remember them. Your place is a mission field. You are God's missionaries. God is already there. And perhaps it just begins by quietly praying, doing what Craig said, holding it out to God. And in two months' time, we're going to be asking what stories may be emerging to hear how God's answering your prayer. One of the things that has come clear from our conversation this morning has been the need for prayer, the importance of prayer. And um, I think it's a good idea if we can 
divide into small groups where we are and pray for one another.